0: American Timelines as a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com oh, okay. So now
1: I'm obsessed with time For it, boom, 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 it's a Taylor Swift song. Oh my god, oh my god, I know so many Taylor Swift songs now. I know you do. Oh my god, I am a Taylor Swift aficionado. You ready? A Swifty? I wouldn't say I'm a Swifty. I now know a lot more about her. I'm not sure I'm a fan.
0: I saw but, a cool video, I it looked hate like a her. snake.
1: Yeah, the snake part was the coolest part.
0: Yeah, that, I saw that video. Of that. That I mean, was cool.
1: it was like a music video. Like it was, yeah. it was like you were inside a music video the whole time because you had a giant Screens. video screen. It's so awesome. That's what they all have now. But she, I mean, she put on a show. But I think a lot of the show was lost on the audience. Like they, the audience members spent the whole time screaming, screaming. out her words. Yes. So it's like, did they even enjoy it? Like, did you even know she was there, or did you just spend the time? Yeah. Like, I wonder if you did a half price ticket and just played her music videos on a giant screen in a stadium with those girls. Just have as much fun.
0: I don't know. There's something about having that live person there.
1: Yeah, even though you can't hear a word she's singing. You're right. Um Yeah, I don't know. It was interesting, though. I mean, it was
0: experience. It probably
1: was good. It might have sounded okay, but I didn't hear. I don't think I heard her say a word. My God, because everyone was singing along with it.
0: Yeah. All right, you ready to start?
1: Yeah. Are you ready to start?
0: Yes. Welcome to another episode of American American Timelines. I'm Amy, and that's Joe.
1: And we're history for jerks.
0: And And
1: we have sweaty balls.
0: I have something to confess to you.
1: Uh oh, a confession. Yes. Are you waiting for us to record to tell me you're cheating on
0: me? No, not not that. Oh. I nominated you for something.
1: You nominated me where?
0: You got to guess.
1: Let's see, world's best looking.
0: No, that's not an award.
1: People's, People Magazine's Most Beautiful People? No.
0: It's a program.
1: Sexiest Man? It's a show. Oh no, queer eye yes. Shaker. You did not. <laughs> I did. Why would you do that?
0: Because that would be great. You could be. You could. You could be come make made over. Isn't
1: and... it for guys who like have like all kinds of problems and awful poverty and
0: we do have awful poverty.
1: <laughs> really,
0: it's not going to happen anyway. But I just thought I'd tell you anyway. Okay. So. Today we are going to talk about What did you
1: put in your description to nominate me? Like this guy needs help because I said that you, that you keep getting t-shirts? passed
0: over on promotions at work and you need some polish. You could use polish. You is think what you I
1: think said. I get passed over because I don't dress nice?
0: That's not I don't think that's why, but I think that it would it's always better to look more polished. Yeah, maybe. You know what
1: I'm saying? Eh, being polished is overrated, though. But it's not real. Like, they'll get you all set up, and then you get a promotion, and then I go back to being me, and they're going to be like, hey, why did we give you a promotion, idiot?
0: Oh, well. Anyway. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about 1959.
1: Yes. February. We're in February now. We finished January and, like, the beginning of the year stuff. And right. we're going to jump into February, where we're going to talk a little bit about, Amy's got a little bit about the uh, the day the music died.
0: That's correct.
1: And then I'm gonna tell you about just some other things. I think I have an interesting thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: that blew my mind. Okay. So I think if I can tell it right, maybe it'll blow your mind. Sweet about a world record, an air air flight world record that I was didn't know about, didn't know existed. Yeah. Nineteen fifty nine. That's crazy.
0: All right. I'm gonna tell you um about the early morning hours of February third, nineteen fifty nine.
1: Okay. Well let me before we get to February third, let me tell you about February second. Oh, okay. Uh, Because February 2nd, 1959, was a Monday. Mm -hmm. And 35 test pilots from the U.S. Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force attended a briefing at the Pentagon in Arlington, Virginia, where NASA representatives invited them to become candidates for the first group of American astronauts. Mm. They were picking the first ever astronauts. And that same day, schools in Norfolk and Arlington County, Virginia, Mm -hmm. integrated peacefully We've been talking about all the trouble with integration. Yeah. They finally integrated peacefully as 21 African-American students began classes at formerly all-white schools. At Stratford Middle School with 1,076 white and four black pupils in Arlington, Mm -hmm. there were fewer absences than usual despite threats of a boycott and white students volunteered to escort the new students to class. In Norfolk, seven thousand of ten thousand students, including seventeen African Americans, returned to senior and junior highs after four months of attending private schools or being tutored because they, you know, they closed the schools yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, and there was no issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the battle had raged for a solid week before that under the state capitol dome, and the segregationists tried every legislative trick they could and denounced integration as an evil, a cancer, and a sickness in the heart. But when the votes were counted and the oratorical flames extinguished, massive resistance to school integration had been narrowly defeated, and 17 black children in Norfolk and 4 in Arlington walked peacefully into public schools.
0: Those poor kids.
1: Isn't it awful? Yeah, I mean. Just to feel so unwanted. Yeah, it's so stupid. It Um, is. It's awful. And, you know, when they interviewed some of the state officials who were Vehemently against it, they finally said, we've moved on to higher ground, said former Governor Mills E. Goodwin, uh, one of the legislators who was very vocally opposed to integration.
0: Higher ground. Uh, He's probably talking about like redlining or something. Well, then they
1: started doing other tactics. That's the thing. It's like how much Virginia was truly integrated is really debatable according to state and other leaders. Most Mm -hmm. agree that no state has attained the original goals of integration. It's not true integration. Uh, According to an article... I read by Tom Sherwood, race relations in Virginia, no desegregation of the heart yet. Uh, there was a quote from Do- uh, Dr. Jesse Bates. that said, a lot of things have changed here. Uh, but as far as visiting on Sundays and going to church together, that's not happened. Mm. And desegregation, you have to desegregate the heart and that hasn't happened yet.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And that's kind of it. And that brings us to, I guess, February 3rd. Yes. What happened on on
0: February The music died that day.
1: Why did the music die?
0: So, just minutes after taking off on a chartered flight from Mason City, Iowa, on the way to their next show in Moorhead, Minnesota, rising American rock and roll artists Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P. the Big Bopper Richardson, along with the pilot Roger Peterson, were killed when their plane crashed in Iowa. So this... um, Was there foul play? No. No, I don't. I don't think so. So um, this whole thing was like a giant concert mm-hmm. and it had like Waylon Jennings. Oops. Hold on. Let me turn off my. So it kicked off on January 23rd. and Oh, it, this tour you're this tour did. About. okay, about. Gotcha. And it had Waylon Jennings and Tommy Alsop, whoever the fuck that is. And Waylon the,
1: Jennings sang the Dukes of Hazard theme song
0: correct. And uh, it, was a, it was supposed to be a 24-day tour across the Midwest. Okay. And it was, was going to end Springfield, Illinois, February 15th. Oh. Then on February 3rd, Bobby V and the Shadows performed and Fabian and Frankie Avalon and Jimmy Clanton were them. added yeah. as headliners for the what? tour. Dion and the Belmonts, Sardo and the Crickets also continued through the end of the tour, which concluded on February 15th as planned.
1: Sardo and the Crickets. I'd never heard of them.
0: Yeah, me neither. So um, there was really bad weather that day uh-huh. at night. It was torrential, they said. And they had crammed them all into buses, and they were going from city to city in the Midwest. City you know? to
1: city, I'm going to run them over. And um,
0: it was so miserable that uh, Buddy Holly's drummer, Carl Bunch, suffered frostbite on his feet. Really? Um, Because he played a show on the on the 11th date of the tour at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa. And then Holly chartered a Beechcraft Bonanza airplane from Dwyer's Flying Service after their bus was having mechanical issues for him and several of the other artists to make their way to the next show. Uh By this point, everyone's health was waning from the traveling schedule and drafty buses.
1: Okay, the buses were cold.
0: That's Yes, that's right. With the toss of a coin, Tommy Alsop lost his seat to Valens. So Richie Valens wasn't at first going to go on the plane. Oh, he wasn't? But it, they tossed a coin. So what kind of coin toss that must have been? Who got to take the flight? Yeah. Oh, my God. And Tommy Alsop lost. So, so he, Richie he Ballons, lost, but he won his but life. Won. That's right. Yikes. And at the very last minute, Waylon Jennings gave his seat to the big bopper, who was suffering from the flu at the time and tired of squeezing into the drafty bus.
1: Oh, so he's like, he better get better. And yes. So Waylon Jennings, if he hadn't been the nice guy... He would be dead. He'd be dead. And Dukes of Hazard would never have happened.
0: So... That might be a good thing. So anyway Whoa! The plane was to land in Fargo, North Dakota, just minutes away from Moorhead, Minnesota, where they were scheduled to play at the Armory on February 3rd. Okay. A few minutes after taking off from Mason City Municipal Airport, it crashed into nearby farmland as a result of bad weather and the pilot's inexperience. Oh. Waylon Jennings ass. later said, for years I thought I caused the crash. Somebody had taken my place on that airplane, and then I had told Buddy, I hope your plane crashes. We caught up like that all the time. Oh,
1: joking around he yeah, said he that said to Yeah, he said that him? to him. You Waylon know. Jennings had that, yep. too? Oh, man. So Oof.
0: this is a little bit of background about each one of the ones the guys that died. Um, the Big Bopper was born Giles Perry Richardson, Jr., oh. October twenty fourth, 1930, in Sabine, Sabine Pass, Texas. Oh. Uh, he started out as a DJ in his home state of Texas. Okay. He was offered a full-time gig by KTRM. Now KZZB.
1: KZZB. In Beaumont
0: in 1949, he quit college and after a brief stint in the military returned to the radio station and became its program director. Okay. He soon created his own on-air persona the Big Bopper, After seeing some kids dancing the bop.
1: I'm the Big Bopper everybody.
0: At one point, Richardson broke the record for continuous on-air broadcasting after playing 1821 records over the course of 5 days, 2 yes. hours and 8 minutes, taking quick showers in between news broadcasts. <sighs>
1: Five days, so he took a shower right there at the radio I guess station so, or something.
0: Yeah. So he started as a songwriter, began performing his own music, and at the time of his death, at twenty eight, was already well known for his hits "Chantilly Lace." You know Chantilly
1: that Lace, and with a pretty, pretty face, and a something. Else. Yep, um,
0: that was number six. That was big bopper, huh? and "White Lightning." He he sang that one. White Lightning. And I um, I have no idea
1: how that goes.
0: That became a number one hit for George Jones. Anytime I on. see
1: a white guy running, I call him White Lightning.
0: So then there was Richie Valens, who was born Richard Valenzuela on May thirteenth, nineteen forty-one, in the Los Angeles suburb of Pacoima, California.
1: Now he was played by, uh, um, oh the What's guy, guy's name, yeah, uh, Lou, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. No, no, Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips. That's right. Yes, in
0: yep. La Bamba.
1: In, in La Bamba. That's right. So Richie Valens was part of. Los Lobos? No. 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 Oh, Labamba's about this. Los
0: Lobos covered Labamba, which That's was right. a La, Richie Valence hit.
1: La That's what it was a Richie Valence hit. Yes. And and can I tell it? Sorry. Richie right. Valence. Sorry. Yeah, All
0: on. right. Um he was only seventeen when he when he died. But already had three hits under his belt. Donna. He was only
1: seventeen? Yep.
0: Come on, let's go, and La Bamba. La Bamba. La, 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 he didn't barely speak any Spanish, but he did become a pioneer of Chicano and Latin rock. Oh, okay. In 1987, his life was portrayed in the movie La Bamba, starring Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, right. It also became a number one hit for Los Lobos, who recorded the song for the film
1: soundtrack. Oh, that was for the film. That's why I was getting confused. But Richie Valens, like, that film is about is it about this plane crash and yes, everything? it's oh. about him. Did you ever see it?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It? You never saw it? I don't
1: think so. That was
0: a big hit. All right,
1: um I'd like to go against the grain back then.
0: So in twenty nineteen, his Valen's version of Labamba was selected by the US Library of Congress for preservation in the National Record Registry. That's nice. And in two thousand one he who Valens, who influenced everyone from Jimi Hendrix to Carlos Santana, was posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Carlos Santana. And then there's Buddy Holly. He was born Charles Harden Holly in Lubbock, Texas, on September seventh, 1936. He was only 22 when he died. Oh, sheesh. He started out singing country music with friends in high school before switching to rock and roll.
1: Wow.
0: He formed the group Buddy and Bob with his friend Bob Montgomery and oh, decided to pursue that. music after opening for Elvis Presley in 1955.
1: Yeah, I guess that would get you.
0: After opening for Bill Haley and his Comets, Holly and his band were signed to DECA and released their debut album, and the only album released in Holly's lifetime, The Chirping Crickets, in 1957. By the mid-50s, Holly and the band were touring internationally and had a regular radio show.
1: What was Buddy Holly's big song?
0: Um, I'll get, get there. To that. Okay, Influencing everyone from Paul McCartney to Bob Dylan, Holly wrote all his own songs, many released after his death, including 1957 number one hit That'll Be the Day.
1: That'll Be the Day.
0: When you say I'd, goodbye.
1: That'll, that'll be, be the, the day.
0: day. Co written da, da, da. with the Crickets drummer Jerry Allison, who also co wrote their hit Peggy Sue.
1: Oh, Peggy Sue is Buddy Holly's
0: yep. song? And other top 40 hits like Maybe Baby, co written with producer Norman Petty. Cool. Holly was posthumously inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. The day Holly Valens and Richardson died was immortalized by Don McLean in his 1972 anthem, American Pie, as the day uh, the music died. And and the lyrics, the uh, specific lyrics, he says... But February made me shiver with every piper I delivered. Ah. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride. But something touched me deep inside the day the music, music died. I, bye, yeah.
1: bye bye, Miss American. Bye. That's what that's about? That's those the words? Whole, yeah. That's the whole thing's it's about. about that? It's or just to that be, part? yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yep. All I knew is they sang that in college in the theater department. They did a dance every semester, and you got to say, you, you played that song, and you said goodbye to everybody who's graduating. And, oh. leaving and everybody would cry and dance with the seniors and say goodbye to them and sometimes get jiggy with it. Probably. On the floor with them and yeah. Because a lot Probably of people having sex. Under in the, the bleachers, department. too. If you people know what I'm doing, doing. doing it in the theater department. You do All it right. with everybody. What's next? That's it. That's, That's the whole thing. That was it. So Buddy Holly, the only thing I ever knew about him is just like from I think like Pulp Fiction. He was, the, you know, at that fifties restaurant where they, yeah. the guy with the big glasses and like, oh, there's Buddy Holly, and I didn't really know much about him until Weezer came out with that Buddy Holly song. Oh, but I do know those songs. So
0: isn't that just a song about somebody who looks like Buddy Holly?
1: Ooh, we you. I look just like Buddy. And so it's not really Harley. a Buddy Holly song. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Well, they all look like Weezy Looks like a bunch of nerves with thick glasses. <coughs> I guess so. Um, but and then Richie Valens. So I, now I want to watch La Bamba. Do you want to watch it together? And I can sure. ask you questions all through it and annoy no, the hell out no, of I you. No, I don't want to do it? that. In so we could spoon while we do it. Mm-hmm. I'm the little spoon. All right, February third. That's uh, that same day that the music died. Yeah. Nobody talks about this flight. It sucks to be the people on American Airlines Flight 320 that were also in a plane crash because Buddy Holly's crash was the same day. Oh, yeah. there was a, a crash from Chicago and a crash in the East River while trying to land at LaGuardia, killing 65 of the 73 people on board. Again, that's like eight people live, live survived a plane crash. I know, crash. I always think that. Like, yeah. imagine, like, wouldn't you rather just die, like, uh, to survive a plane crash, all the people around you? Yes. Anyway, February fifth I don't have a lot of things, but I have one really interesting thing I can't wait to get to. Okay. We're just going to delve a little bit into February and March. February 5th, 1959, uh, the U.S. State Department released tapes that showed that Soviet jets had shot down an unarmed American transport plane back in 1958. Transmissions between the two fighter planes identified as 201 and 218 had been intercepted in Turkey. The Soviets denounced the tapes as a clumsy fake. On the same day, Soviet Premier Nikita S. Khrushchev invited U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower to visit Moscow, adding that he could bring anyone and go anywhere he chose. In his speech, Khrushchev referred to the Secretary of State and said, Mr. Dulles, if you so desire, then for the sake of enduring the Cold War, we are even prepared to admit your victory in this war and and, uh, that... your victory in this war that is unwanted by the peoples. Regard yourselves, gentlemen, as victors in this war, but end it quickly. I'm trying to end the Cold War there. Mm. And that's the same day that the title, E-1, for U.S. Air Force personnel was revised from basic airmen to airmen basic. Okay. Did you ever know that?
0: No, I don't really care.
1: you know what that is? No. Or what that means?
0: I don't know why you're bringing it up.
1: Okay, here's the big thing.
0: All right.
1: A February 7th, 1959 was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh And after spending a record 64 days, think about this, 64 days, 22 hours, and 21 minutes aloft in the air, uh, it covered 150,000 miles and 240,000 kilometers. That's six times around the earth or 15 Sydney to New York flights without touching the ground. Still stands as a world record according to the Guinness World Records. Two flyers landed their Cessna 172 in Vegas. So these guys broke a world record for the longest flight. One flight was sixty-four days long.
0: How did they run out? Of, not run out of gas.
1: Here I'm going to get to it. This is All what's right. amazing to me. So pilot John Cook and businessman Bob Tim had taken off on December fourth, nineteen fifty-eight, and on January twenty-third, they had broken the previous record. It was fifty days aloft mm-hmm. in the air, mm-hmm. uh, and. So these guys were fueled twice each day at Blythe, California, from a truck that would drive 90 miles an hour.
0: Oh my god! Beneath the
1: plane and refuel it. Oh like Jesus! On a closed highway in the desert. That's
0: a lot of effort. What's the purpose of all this?
1: Well, here's why they did it. They okay. it was a flying billboard for the Hacienda Hotel. They were doing it as like a publicity stunt.
0: Oh, God.
1: So. Uh, In 1956, an entrepreneur wanted to promote his Las Vegas hotel, and his slot machine mechanic, Robert Tim, Mm -hmm. who was a World War II bomber pilot, had an idea. He convinced the owner to fund an attempt to break the manned flight endurance record with Hacienda Hotel featured prominently on the aircraft. And Tim found a Cessna 172 and uh, found a trusted mechanic and spent a year modifying it for the record attempt. Uh, like previous attempts, they installed a belly tank to supplement the 47 gallons carried in the wings Mm -hmm. so that you could hold more gasoline so you wouldn't have to do it as much. So it was a 95-gallon belly tank and Mm -hmm. had an electric pump to transfer fuel to the main tank. Right. And they also replumbed the oil lines so that they could change oil and filters without shutting down the engine. So they would give the plane oil changes while it was running. Oh, my God. Nuts, right? Yeah. In 1959. It blows my mind because in 1959 it seems like Planes were crashing all the time. Anyway, they could barely even fly, right. much less fly for yeah this for... many days. So after three fail attempts, Tim found a new co-pilot and a mechanic, John Wayne Cook, and ultimately they took off on December fourth, nineteen fifty-eight, at fifteen fifty-two hours, which is. Three fifty-two. I'm terrible at that. Oh, I know Aren't me too. You terrible at that. Yes. Remember when we had to do that in Scotland. Three. It's three. Yeah, we were terrible at that. They made a low pass on the airfield to allow a chase car to paint white stripes on the aircraft's tires to ensure they didn't make any secret landings. Oh. They spent most of their time flying over the desert around Las Vegas, sometimes diverting to L.A. for TV promotional opportunities. And He's now, just, like
0: driving around, flying around in a circle.
1: Yeah, basically for sixty-five days, can you believe it? Now for the really ingenious method of refueling. What did so, they?
0: Where did they go to the bathroom?
1: Well, they threw their they threw their feces uh, and pee oh, out uh, out in the desert. They oh, just in the pooped desert. in buckets and they just dumped it out in the desert. So that desert was filled with sixty-five days worth of shit and piss.
0: Well, think of the people that I thought that, they were over a metrop- met- metropolitan area. No, they were
1: just out in the desert. There wasn't even like there was nothing out there mm-hmm. then around that area so but imagine if you were like a I don't know like a a sting, a scorpion or something covered in that guy's shit now the really ingenious method was of refueling twice daily a truck fitted with a fuel tank and a pump would rendezvous rendezvous with the aircraft over a straight stretch of closed highway
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the Cessna would fly roughly 20 feet off the ground. And use an electronic winch to lower a hook and snag the refueling hose. Timber Cook would stand on a platform outside the door and insert the hose into the belly tank, taking about three minutes to fill.
0: They did that twice a day.
1: Yeah, three minutes with a truck going ninety miles an hour. Oh my god! Can you imagine that? No. Over the course of the flight, they refueled 128 times, and the Hacienda prepared the Hacienda Hotel because you know that was what they're trying to. Plug yes. here would prepare gourmet meals, and the food had to be chopped up and stuffed into thermos jugs to get them to the pilots while they're refueling.
0: Oh my god!
1: Thirty-nine days in, though, the generator failed, so they had no lights, oh. no heat, and no fuel pump. Oh god! And so they had to pump it by hand. They had a hand pump to transfer the fuel after that, and soon, and soon after that, they had to refuel in the dark because they had no lights. Oh my goodness! Uh, on the on the plane. They passed the existing record of 50 days and then decided to keep flying for as long as possible to extend the record. By the beginning of February, the spark plugs and combustion chambers were loaded with carbon, making it difficult to climb with a full load after refueling. They decided finally to land on February seventh, 1959, but before they could touch down, the paint on the tires was checked and no scuff marks were found, so they know that they didn't actually cheat and land. Wow. Uh, Tim and Cook had to be lifted out of the Cessna, uh, Because at this time they were so exhausted they couldn't even walk on their own. Mm-hmm. And their record still stands today.
0: Uh, yeah, they had to sit that whole time?
1: Well, they had a mattress. They had upfitted. They put a mattress in there and they would take turns. Four, one guy would fly for four hours while the other guy slept. And they put a sink in there, too, so they could shave and wash up. Oh, my
0: God. And then
1: they would like f- take a turn. Four hours, you sleep. Four hours, you fly. Four hours, you sleep. Um. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Ugh. Robert Tim died in 1976, and John Cook lived until 1995, both in Las Vegas, and the Hacienda Hotel was demolished in December of 1996. I got all, I got all this from the AerolifeAviation.com, The Mirror, and SimpleFlying.com. Hmm. Uh, so how about that?
0: Yeah, that's pretty interesting.
1: Right? I can't believe that happened. I know. And then we'll just breeze to, through the rest. February 10th. A tornado in st louis killed 21 people and oh. injured hundreds did you know about that no it flattened the neighborhood two blocks from bush stadium are you, you know where that is that's i could, I could
0: be i know i don't know where that is. that's that's down, downtown you, you, know, you know
1: where bush stadium was
0: well it's downtown
1: did you ever go to old bush stadium yeah you did you watch games
0: we went on field trips we did different things
1: you're from the STL. I You're know. just like Nellie, basically. Basically. And then February 11th was a Wednesday. Uh, after five seasons of being known as the Cincinnati Redlegs, baseball Cincinnati Reds reverted to their former name, the Cincinnati Reds, as evidenced by the release of their 1959 Spring Training Media Guide to the Nation's Sports Writers. So they had originally changed it from the Reds to the Redlegs because they didn't want people to think they were communists. Oh. But by this time, 1959, they thought, ah, oh, we can be the Redlegs again.
0: The Reds, you mean.
1: I mean? The Reds again, yeah, sorry. I never knew they were the Red Legs or why they were the Reds, but now we know.
0: Yep.
1: And knowing is half the battle. True. February 12th was a Thursday. And uh, the reverse side of the phased-out Wheat Penny... Sorry. February 12th, 1959 was a Thursday. This is a caption of a picture. The new version of the Lincoln scent was introduced on Abraham Lincoln's 150th birthday. Mm-hmm. While the portrait of Lincoln was unchanged, the tail side had the Lincoln Memorial instead of the wheat penny.
0: Oh. wheat pennies? Yeah.
1: And then Saturday, February 14th, the U.S. Weather Bureau released a report that concluded that the world is in the midst of a long-term warming trend. Based oh. on data gathered in Antarctica... Dr. Helmut Landsberg, director of the Bureau's Office of Climatology, said that the cause of the global warming was unknown, but added that there's one theory, is that the change is man-made, that a blanket of carbon dioxide given off by the burning of coal and oil uh, is slowing the radiation of heat by the earth. Okay. So they already figured out global warming back in 1959. Then February fifteenth, nineteen fifty nine, was a Sunday, mm-hmm. and police in New York concluded what was at the time the second largest drug bust in American history. They arrested twenty seven people between eight thirty Saturday night and five Sunday morning, seizing thirty two pounds of heroin with a street value of three million plus dollars. A January nineteen fifty eight roundup in Elmont, New York, had ended thirty five pounds and seventeen arrests. That same day, nine people were killed in a single car. Uh, when their vehicle was hit head-on by another vehicle on U.S. Highway 281 south of Alamo, Texas. The driver of the other vehicle, whose speedometer was frozen at 80 miles an hour, also died.
0: Ooh, that would suck.
1: That would suck to die in a head-on collision. Thursday, February 9th, 1959, Debbie Reynolds was granted a divorce from Eddie Fisher.
0: Mm-hmm, so he could marry Elizabeth Taylor.
1: Yeah. Uh, she was quoted as saying, My husband became interested in another woman and she testified that in a Los Angeles hearing, but reports that she never mentioned the name of Elizabeth Taylor.
0: You hear Republicans are trying to get rid of no-fault divorce?
1: What's no-fault divorce?
0: That you can get divorced without saying there was infidelity or somebody did something wrong. It just means you just fell out of love or whatever. You just don't love each other there anymore. There always has to be a reason for yeah. a divorce. Before, before no-fault divorce, women couldn't escape their abusive husbands a lot of times because... They didn't have.
1: Is abuse counted as a fault, though?
0: I don't know. I just know. That's nuts. Getting rid of it's a bad thing. Yeah,
1: religion is
0: out of control. Mm-hmm. February
1: 21, 1959, The Ben Hex Show, a live television program on New York WABC TV, was canceled permanently after Hex's guest, Surrealist painter Salvador Dali. Oh, boy. Used the word.
0: That guy was a loose cannon.
1: You want to guess what word he used to get that show canceled?
0: Uh, In an interview. Heck.
1: Nope, the word orgasm. Oh, funny. Ben Hecht was a screenwriter who Mike Wallace described as a trifle profane uh, uh, when he's on the air, had already been in trouble with the station. Um, and Wallace would later describe the episode as the orgasm and out show.
0: Huh.
1: And then February 22nd, it was reported that the U.S. might put a man into space as early as February 26th, 1959. Uh, with Scott Crossfield, a test pilot for North American Aviation, flying the X 15 to a point of 200 miles above the Earth, well above the 100 kilometers altitude that defines the beginning of outer space. Oh. So they're working on figuring out trying to put somebody in space. Yeah. Uh, f- February 27th was a Friday, and uh, the wreckage of the American B 24 bomber Lady Be Good was found nearly 16 years after the plane had crashed in the Libyan desert. Hmm. The Lady Be Good and its crew of nine had become lost on April 4, 1943, while returning from a bombing raid during World War II, and then had a ditch in the desert sands.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: Yeah, the men had died of thirst and exposure within a few days, and the bodies would be located a year later on February 11, 1960. So for almost 20 years, they were the, nobody found their bodies. Or anything. Oh, man. Uh, but the discovery of Lady Begoda would inspire Rod Serling to write King Nine Will Not Return, the first episode of the second season of The
0: Twilight Zone. Sweet,
1: yeah, and then uh, that brings us to March of 1959. And uh, let's see what we got here. We've got just a couple things that according to the Tifton Gazette in Tifton, Georgia. Nine children, ranging in the age from 5 to 15, drowned after a loaded school bus ran off a road into a farm pond. Oh no! Survivors of the accident said they remembered the packed bus hitting a bump or pothole in the unpaved road and then swaying. It just sort of swirled, Joan Howard said. The bus was so crowded, there were children standing in the doorway. The older kids would sit in the seats and hold the younger ones on their laps. There were people standing in front of the people in the seats because the aisles were so crowded there was no more room. Uh, and there were only a few buses that transported black children to their schools then, and students of all ages rode each bus. Eighty-six people were on board at this bus as it landed on its right side, trapping the students inside. Oh no! In the water, uh, Howard then fourteen recalled feeling strangely calm as water filled the bus. It's all sort of a fog, she said. I never was afraid. I thought, well, I'm going to see how it feels to be drowned. And then I saw Oscar hold on top of the bus, pulling people out. We've been dating. I knew he'd get me out if he saw me, Hmm. and I realized I wasn't ready to die. Holt, 15, and 17-year-old James Collins managed to open two windows and crawl onto the side of the overturned bus. From there, they were able to pull several of their fellow students to safety. Aw. Yeah. It was a dreary and overcast day, Leona Mott, a former Tift County Board of Education member, said. By the time we got there, they were laying the bodies out beside the pond. It was gruesome. That was something that took me a long time to get over. That's the same day that Lou Costello died. Mm -hmm. He was 52. Okay, March 9th was a Monday, and the Barbie doll made its debut at the American International Toy Fair in New York. I like that. And did you know this, that Ruth Handler named a doll?
0: Barbie Millicent Roberts.
1: Named it after her daughter. Yep. Did you know that Ken was named after her son?
0: Yes, I did.
1: Isn't it a little creepy that Barbie and Ken are supposed to be Banging each other?
0: <laughs> and it's a brother know. and yeah. sister? Uh, yeah, I guess if it it is Barbie
1: and Ken are brother and sister, but also sexually active. Why not? What?
0: Just kidding. It's incest. I know, you're right. You're incest
1: right. is not best, Amy.
0: No, that's true.
1: Anyone listening, if you are into incest, it's not, not a good idea. No. This was a PSA from American Timelines by History for Jerks. Wednesday, March 11th, A Raisin in the Sun...
0: Oh, I love that show.
1: By African-American playwright Lorraine Hansberry and starring Sidney Poitier and Claudia McNeil made its Broadway debut at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. Mm. The play ran for 538 performances. I uh, walked our daughter past Ethel Barrymore Theater two days ago. Oh, wow. March 12, 1959 was a Thursday. And by a margin of 323 to 89, the U.S. House of Representatives voted to allow Hawaii to become the 50th state. Contingent upon passage by Hawaii voters. That's right. And that pissed off yep. the flag making industry because they were just working on the 49th, the 49 star flag.
0: And then they're like, I ain't they're going like, to do
1: that. God damn it, fuckers. Like, let us know if there's any more. Uh, March 15th, 1959 was a Sunday. And Robert, Robert Foster, who was 32 years old, set a record for holding his breath, remaining underwater for 13 minutes. Forty-two point five seconds.
0: Brain damage after that long. At
1: San Rafael, California.
0: I guarantee he had some brain damage.
1: That record stood for forty-eight years. Well, you know what they did to to get ready for that? Hmm. They would hyperventilate on purpose.
0: Oh yuck!
1: Yeah, it was the it was it, that record stood for forty-eight years until two thousand seven. Somebody in Lithuania broke it um, for almost sixteen minutes. Oh my god! Um,
0: that is brain damage. So
1: both people that broke this record would hyperventilate with pure oxygen beforehand in order to drive carbon dioxide from their lungs. Oh, wow. Can you imagine trying to do that? Uh, But there is a recognized record without the hyperventilation ahead of time, and that's 11 minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, my God. By freediver Stephanie Mifsud on June eighth, two 2009. And that's the same day that Duncan Hines died. Oh. know who Duncan Hines was, why they named the cakes and whatever after him? No. He was a restaurant critic. Oh, really? Who let them use his name for cake mixes. Hmm. And he was also, a little known fact, Duncan Hines was a son of a Confederate soldier. Oh. Boom. Little little info. And I don't know if you've noticed, but this episode, we're getting to the end of this. We haven't even had one single birthday.
0: Oh, that's true. And that's
1: about to change. But this one's a good one. All right. Because on Monday, March 16th, 1959... The world was graced with a birthday. Hit it, Matt Truman. Eagle trip. Amy. Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates
0: birthdays. Why
1: do you hate birthdays?
0: I don't hate birthdays.
1: American rapper in Roosevelt, New York, William Jonathan Drayton Jr. was born. You want to guess what famous rapper this is? Born in 1959 named William Jonathan Dr. Drayton. Dr. Nope. He was born in Roosevelt, New York, grew up in near nearby Freeport. Uh, uh,
0: Buster Rhymes.
1: He grew up in two communities within the town of Hempstead. He's the cousin of former Penn State basketball player Shep Garner. And he's also a cousin of Brooklyn MC Timbo King of Royal Fam, also the cousin of rappers Old Dirty Bastard RZA and Jizza of the Wu-Tang Clan.
0: White Clef? I don't know. What, who? That's okay.
1: He taught himself piano began playing at the age of five. He sang in the youth choir at his church and mastered the piano, drums, and guitar at an early age, which blows me away when we found out who this guy is, that he, he's a master of these instruments, because mm-hmm. I thought he could only do one thing, tell time. According to Chuck D. Flavor Flav? Yeah, Flavor Flav!
0: Oh.
1: He, he's proficient in 15 instruments. Wow. By the time he dropped out of Freeport High School, home of the Red Devils, uh, notable alumni Lou Reed and DeBrickishaw Ferguson... In the 11th grade, he dropped out. He'd been in and out of jail for robbery and burglary. He attended culinary school in 1978, but later, he attended Adelphi University on Long Island, Mm -hmm. home of the Panthers, where he met a man named Carlton Mm Ridenhauer. You know who that is? No. Chuck D! Oh. His name is Carlton Ridenhauer. Huh. Carlton Ridenhauer and William Jonathan Drayton Jr., public enemy. Anyway, they first collabed on Chuck D's hip-hop college radio show and then began rapping together. Uh, so there you go. And Flavor Flav was originally his graffiti tag. That's where we got that name. Oh, okay. I know way more about Flavor Flav and Chuck D than I ever have. And I, I, I kick myself for not knowing this. I had it earlier. Oh. Why didn't I know this? Well. Why didn't I know these things? Don't
0: be so hard on yourself.
1: I love Flavor Flav and Chuck D.
0: All right. Can we move on? Peace. Peace.
1: How low can you go? February twentieth. Want more records? I know what you wanted is more records. No. More, less birthdays and more records being broken, right? In Modesto, California, the record for phone booth stuffing was broken as thirty-two slightly built oh students God. at Modesto Junior College packed themselves in a regular no. regulation size booth. No. You know way. how big a phone booth is? Regulation size. Not. Seven feet tall. Very tiny. And thirty-two inches square. Thirty-two inches.
0: How can how can and thirty-two that be? people got in there? No.
1: But for safety reasons, the way they did is they put the booth on its side, Oh and the telephone had been removed. So the telephone's not in there.
0: Still.
1: Earlier in that same month, 25 students in South Africa had broken that record, so they had to—they couldn't let South Africa have
0: that. Of course not.
1: Uh, and that's also the same day that we have another birthday wrestler, Steve Borden, pro wrestler born in Omaha, Nebraska, raised in Southern California. He played football and basketball in high school and later embarked on a career in bodybuilding, once co-owning a Gold Gym Health Club. He had no interest in pro wrestling and no television access to it with his home community, but decided to pursue a career in the industry after being taken to an incredible WWF event in L.A. featuring Hulk Hogan, the Iron Cheek and the British Bulldogs, Andre the Giant, and others. This is Sting, the wrestler known as Sting, which is a lot of people love Sting, yourself included.
0: I don't give a fuck.
1: Whoa! All right, almost done here. Thursday, March 26, 1959, international radio communications were blocked out for 11 hours. Beginning at 5 p.m. Pacific time, it was believed that an eruption on the sun disrupted radio transmissions. Oh. Although such disturbances normally last only 30 minutes, this lasted 11 hours. And I bring this up because I don't know if you've heard the rumors. Mm-hmm. That there's going to be another sun spot that's going to disrupt all of the internet. Will oh, be out. they are saying they're, they're predicting it going to be out for days. Oh, no. All over the world. like oh, There will be no. no internet. There will be no communications. There will be no cell phone People signal. People will flip. I think they're saying this fall it's supposed to happen. Oh, allegedly. shit. Allegedly. We'll see. Can you imagine not having internet? Okay, that same day on March 26th, a circus lion terrorized a crowd at New York City's Madison Square God- Garden after escaping a cage, ran around the arena, and then jumped on a rail walking into the main lobby of the garden.
0: Mm. Ponto, the
1: 800-pound star of the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus, the Big Cat Act was captured 15 minutes later after wandering into a blocked corridor. Oh. And then on March 30th, uh, I kept this in here because I want you to explain this to me because you've explained, you know, this gets with court murders and stuff. March 30th, 1959 was a Monday. Mm-hmm. In two decisions, Bartkus versus Illinois and Abbate versus US 359 US 187, the Supreme Court, the US Supreme Court ruled that a person could be charged with the same crime in both state and federal court proceedings without violating the double jeopardy clause of the 5th Amendment.
0: Yeah. So
1: So now they now double jeopardy doesn't exist anymore? Like
0: no, double No, that, that just means I think that just means that if you did, let's say you did a murder and a kidnapping and you cross state lines. Okay. Well, that becomes a federal crime. Okay. Because you cross state lines.
1: So I can only go to court for it once.
0: So, no. So that just means that the state where you murdered the person and can take you to, um, to trial for that, and the federal government can take you to also trial take for you. the kidnapping.
1: So both can. Both Before you could only be charged for one.
0: I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I think it means. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you're a legal expert, so No, I'm not. You're an expert by Definitely not. doing a podcast and reading about loving reading about murder, like seeing murders get all excited Stop and it. horny when no, you know, that is not People true. get murdered. March thirty first, nineteen fifty nine. We're gonna end on this. this was a Tuesday. Action comics number two fifty two. Reached newsstands, and in a story entitled "The Supergirl from Krypton," it introduced Supergirl to the world. Mm. So, women's lib is now complete because March thirty first, nineteen fifty nine, Supergirl exists, and women no longer have any uh, thing to complain about. It's all equal.
0: Everybody's equal.
1: The Supergirl came out. Came out. All right. Well, thanks for listening, Where, uh What are we going to do? What's the next episode going to be? April and May?
0: Yeah, I guess so. You
1: got any murders ready? i
0: have to figure it out, babe. Any previous? I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Are you going to. There is a good one this year.
1: Have you thought about time traveling back to 1959 just to commit a murder so we have something to talk about? That's a thought. You know, if go I could the extra time mile, travel,
0: there's a lot of other things I would do before that. You
1: wouldn't go the extra mile to make our podcast better? No. Jeez, you're not dedicated.
0: I'd go like bet on the horses or something.
1: Whoa, that's cheating. That is. Unethical, but folks, thanks for listening.
0: Thank you, folks.
1: I think it's time
0: get out of here, Chuck Berry. Chuck
1: Berry, get out of here! Stop taking pictures of me in the bathroom. Stop looking at my wiener. Thanks for listening, everyone. We love you, and uh, if you're still listening, <laughs> man, it's cool. greatest band of all time by their music.